Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspets. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 4, called The End. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We start out with Dean pulling up to a motel. There's a man standing outside asking all the people walking by about God. He says to one man, Hi, good evening, brother. Is your soul rapture ready? <laughs> the man walks by and the dude says, Thank you, good sir. God bless. A couple walks by and the Bible dude says, Good evening, folk. Is your soul rapture ready? Because what I'd like to do is just show you exactly what God's love is for you. The couple keeps walking. Dean walks by and the guy says, Excuse me, friend, but have you taken time out to think about God's plan for you? Dean says, Too friggin' much, pal. <laughs> we cut to Dean inside his motel room. He's on the phone with Cass. Dean says, We're talking about the cult, right? I mean, as in the cult. Cass says, We are. Dean says, well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would the demons keep a gun around that uh, kills demons? <laughs> we see Cass standing on the side of a road. A semi drives by, and Cass says, what? I didn't get that. Dean chuckles and says, it's kind of funny talking to a messenger of God on a cell phone. <laughs> it's, you know, like watching a hell's angel ride a moped. Cass says, this isn't funny, Dean. The voice says I'm almost out of minutes. <laughs> One of the best lines in Supernatural ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It, like, sums up his personality. It's not funny. The voice says I'm almost out of minutes. I know. It's perfect. (laughs) Dean says, okay, all right. I'm telling you, Cass. The mooks have melted the... The mooks... Mooks? Mook? Mooks. The mooks. The mooks have melted down the gun by now. Cass says, well, I hear differently. And if it is true, if you are still set on the insane task of killing the devil, this is how we do it. Dean says, okay, where do we start? Cass says, where are you now? Dean says, Kansas City, Century Hotel, room 113. Cass says, I'll be there immediately. <laughs> Dean says, whoa, no, come on, man. I just drove like 16 hours straight, okay? I'm human, and there's stuff I got to do. <laughs> Cass says, what stuff? Dean what sa- do you mean, things? <laughs> yeah. Dean says, eat, for example. In this case, sleep. I've just had like, or he says, I just need like four hours once in a while, okay? So you can pop in tomorrow morning. Cass says, yes. Dean hangs up, and Cass says, I'll just wait here then. I feel so bad for him. It's like somebody just like ditched a puppy on the side of the freeway. You know, know. Like, yeah. he's just like, well, I guess I'll just be here then. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he just stands there on the side of the road. <laughs> Sometimes, Which is also funny. It's lovely, yeah. <laughs> Sometime later, Dean is in bed and his cell rings. Dean answers it and says, damn it, Cass, I need to sleep. But it's Sam. He says, Dean, it's me. Dean says, Sam, it's quarter past four. Sam says, this is important. We cut to later in the conversation. Dean says, so you're his vessel, huh? Lucifer's wearing you to the prom? <laughs> Sam, who's driving, says, that's what he said. Or, that's what he said. <laughs> he, 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 I wrote it and I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in, huh, Sammy? Sam says, so that's it? That's your response? Dean says, what are you looking for? Sam says, I don't know, a little panic maybe? Dean says, I guess I'm a little numb to earth-shattering re- revelations at this point. <laughs> Nothing seems too far out of reach. Yep. You know? Sam says, what are we going to do about it? Dean says, what do you want to do about it? Sam says, I want back in for starters. I mean it. I'm sick of being a puppet to these sons of bitches. I'm going to hunt him down, Dean. Dean says, oh, so we're back to revenge then, are we? <laughs> yeah, because that worked out so well last time. Sam says, not revenge, redemption. Dean says, so what, you're just going to walk back in and we're going to be the dynamic duo again? Sam says, look, Dean, I can do this. I can. I'm going to prove it to you. 
Dean says, look, Sam, it doesn't matter, whatever we do. I mean, it turns out that you and me, we're the fire and the oil of the Armageddon. You know, on that basis alone, we should, we should just pick a hemisphere, stay away from each other for good. Sam says, Dean, it does not have to be like this. We can fight it. Dean says, yeah, you're right. We can, but not together. We're not stronger when we're together, Sam. I think we're weaker because whatever we have between us, love, family, whatever it is, they are always going to use it against us. You know that. We're better off apart. We got a better chance of dodging Lucifer and Michael and this whole damn thing if we just go our own ways. Sam says, Dean, don't do this. Dean says, bye, Sam. And Dean hangs up. (sighs) Come on. I don't like like it. Why? Just why, you dummies, you know? (laughs) So we cut to Dean waking up in the morning. The room he's in looks like an old broken-down motel room. He looks out the window, and it looks like the end of the world. (laughs) Buildings are half-burned down. Cars are wrecked all over the street. And we get our opening title sequence. Okay, can I just say real quick that I would never want to wake up in that bed. Oh, yeah, the bed was skeezy. The whole, all the walls, they just look like, like concrete. rotted out, you Yeah, know? it was just fucking gross. Disgusting. Like, I look at that bed and I think bugs, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. There's got to be bugs, along with other unmentionables, but bugs. Yeah, <laughs> it just looked disgusting. <laughs> so we cut to Dean walking out on the street. He finds a little girl sitting in an alleyway. He says, little girl, are you hurt? You know, the not talking thing is kind of creepy, right? (laughs) Her head is down, so Dean can't see her face, but he does see blood drip from her mouth. Then she grabs a piece of glass off the ground and tries to slice him with it. He punches her and knocks her out. Then (laughs) then when he turns around, he sees spray-painted on a wall the word Croatoan. He says, oh, crap. Then a gang of people show up. Dean starts running, and they chase him. He comes up to a chain-link fence and turns around to face the infected. Suddenly, there's gunfire behind Dean, who hits the ground. It's the military. They shoot all the infected people. Dean manages to get away down another alley. We cut to nighttime. Dean crawls through a hole in the chain-link fence. Once inside, there's a sign that says, No entry by order of Acting Regional Command, August 1st, 2014, Kansas City. Dean says, 2014. So he goes and he steals a car. He tries to get cell reception with no luck. All he hears on the radio is static. He says, that's never a good sign. <laughs> then suddenly, Zachariah is in the passenger seat. He reads from a paper, Croatoan pandemic reaches Australia. Dean says, I thought I smelled your stink on this. Back to the future crap. Zach reads, President Palin defends bombing of Houston. He says, certainly a buyer's market in real estate. Let's see what's happening in sports. Oh, that's right. No more sports. <laughs> Congress revoked the right to group assembly. What's left of Congress, that is? Hardly a quorum, if you ask me. Dean says, how did you find me? Zach says, afraid we had to tap some unorthodox resources of late. Human informants. We've been making inspirational visits to the fringier Christian groups. They've been giving your image. They've been given your image, told to keep an eye out. Dean says, the Bible freak outside the motel. He, what, dropped a dime on me? Zach says, Mm. <laughs> oh, Zach says, onward Christian, Christian soldiers. <laughs> Dean says, okay, well, good, great. You have had your jollies. Now send me back, you son of a bitch. Zach says, oh, you'll get back, all in good time. We want you to marinate a bit. Dean asks, marinate? Mm-hmm. Zach says, three days, Dean, three days to see where this course of action takes you. Dean says, what's that supposed to mean? Zach says, it means your choices have consequences. This is what happens to the world if you continue to say no to Michael. Have a little look-see. Then Zach disappears. We cut to Dean walking into Bobby's house. Dean calls out his name. 
He says, Bobby, I'm coming in. He finds Bobby's wheelchair on its side. Dean says, oh, no. He puts the chair upright, and there are bloody bullet holes in the cloth. Dean says, where is everybody, Bobby? Dean goes over to the fireplace and pulls out a stone. Behind it is Bobby's journal. He pulls out a black and white picture of Bobby in a wheelchair, three dudes, and Castiel all holding guns. They're next to a sign that reads, welcome to Camp Chittaqua? Chittaqua. Chittaqua, maybe? Chittaqua, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> Chautauqua? <laughs> sure. <I don't> know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we cut to Dean creeping up to that same sign. There's a chain link fence and people patrolling the area with guns. He sees Baby all beat up. Dean says, oh, Baby, no. Oh, Baby, what'd they do to you? <laughs> then someone knocks him out. It's future Dean. So we cut to Dean waking up handcuffed to something. Future Dean is there. Dean says, what the hell? <laughs> future Dean says, I should be asking that question, don't you think? In fact, why don't you give me one good reason why I shouldn't gank you right here and now? Dean says, because you'd only be hurting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Future Dean says, very funny. Dean says, look, man, I'm no shapeshifter or demon or anything, okay? Future Dean says, yeah, I know. I did the drill while you were out. Silver, holy water, nothing. But you know what was funny was that you had every hidden lockpick, box cutter, and switchblade that I carry. Now you want to explain that? Oh, and uh, the resemblance while you're at it. Dean says, Zachariah, I'm you from the tail end of 2009. Zach plucked me from my bed and threw me five years into the future. Future Dean says, where is he? I want to talk to him. Dean says, I don't know. Future Dean says, oh, you don't know. Dean says, no, I don't know. Look, I just want to get back to my own friggin' year, okay? <laughs> Future Dean says, okay, if you are me, then tell me something only I would know. Dean says, Rhonda Hurley. <laughs> we were 19. She made us try on her panties. They were pink and satiny, and you know what? We kind of liked it. <laughs> I mean, satin are very soft, you know? <laughs> I've never, ever had a guy try on my underwear. Oh, I've never had a guy try on my underwear. I'm just saying, like, when you wear satin underwear, oh, they yeah. soft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I can that. see why he would like them. Yeah, <laughs> I just was like... No, I don't think that's ever happened to me. No, that has not happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> I would not let a guy put my underwear on. Really? It's kind of like, okay. Ugh. Like, it's just having, okay. I've had people like, you know, like my girlfriends or whatever, if they need some, like borrow underwear. Oh, sure. Like, that's one thing. But to like, for some reason, like having a guy put on my underwear just seems gross to me oh really i don't know why i think it sounds hilarious <laughs> i mean it sounds hilarious but it's like yeah put on these women underwear that i just bought that you can keep now <laughs> like, yeah. you know like yeah it doesn't sound uh, gross to me it just sounds funny but it doesn't i guess it, it depends on who it is yeah. i mean right it doesn't it doesn't sound <laughs> it depends like, on who it is it doesn't sound like a turn-on in any way oh no 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 for yeah. sure not but i don't but i don't think it's gross i just think it i just think it's funny yeah. i think it would just be the only thing that's gross to me is the thought of like putting it on somebody else's butt and then putting it on mine which obviously you'd wash it of course you'd wash it but like i don't know something about it is just i don't know i mean i've worn eric's like boxer briefs before yeah you know I think that's the thing, is for me, okay, I'm having a revelation. It's not them wearing my underwear it's as much as 
I know what their underwear looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and usually, like, it's pretty disgusting. And I don't want my underwear to end up looking like that. Yeah, I get it. I and get I know really it's completely it. irrational that they're going to turn my underwear into just garbage within trying it on. Mm-hmm. But I just can't get that out of my brain. It's like, nope, you're going to ruin them. Like, <laughs> Okay, I nope. guess. Because, I mean, reasons. <laughs> yeah. One day you'll have to explain those reasons. I should have to explain those reasons yeah. at some point. To be continued. To be folks. continued. <laughs> you will learn why it has to be to be continued at the date that it is, in fact, continued. <laughs> I know. And so far, the date that it can be continued is getting closer and closer. So, mm-hmm. you know. Bit of a mystery that? there. You'll, Bit of a mystery. You'll, but it's fine. You'll find out later. You'll enjoy, <laughs> you'll enjoy the stories. We promise. Yes. Okay, so Future Dean says, touche. <laughs> so what Zach zapped you... <laughs> so what, Zach zapped you up here to see how bad it gets? Dean says, I guess. Croatoan virus, right? That's their end game? Dean says, uh, Future Dean says, it's efficient, it's incurable, and it's scary as hell. Turns people into monsters. Started hitting the major cities about two years ago. World really went into the crapper after that. Dean says, what about Sam? Future Dean says, heavyweight showdown in Detroit. From what I understand, Sam didn't make it. Dean says, you weren't with him? Future Dean says, no, no, me and Sam. We hadn't talked in, hell, five years. Dean says, we never tried to find him. Future Dean says, I got other people to worry about. He starts to leave, and Dean asks, where are you going? Future Dean says, I got to go run an errand. Dean says, whoa, you're just going to leave me here? (laughs) Future Dean says, yes, I got a camp full of twitchy trauma survivors out there with an apocalypse hanging over their heads. The last thing they need is to see a version of the parent trap. (laughs) Too much PTSD in one area. You can't unleash that on them. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, you stay locked down. Dean says, okay, all right, fine. But you don't have to cuff me, man. Oh, come on, you don't. Is this... Oh, come (laughs) on, you don't trust yourself? Future Dean says, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And then he leaves. I mean, that's a fair answer. I know. (laughs) Dean says, dick. (laughs) Then he pulls a nail out of the wood floor and lockpicks his way out with the handcuffs. Your fingers would be so raw after picking at that wood for hours. Because that wouldn't be a quick thing. Oh, right. You know, you'd have to sit there and, like, pick at it and pick at it and peck at it. I don't think I could do it. Oh. Yeah. No. If I had to, but, mm mm-mm. Yeah, it would suck. Uh, Locke picks his way out and then he goes outside Chuck walks up to him and says hey Dean got a second Dean says no yes I guess (laughs) hi Chuck Chuck says hi so listen we're pretty good on canned goods for now but we're down to next to nothing on perishables and hygiene supplies people are not going to be happy about this so what do you think we should do Dean says I don't know maybe uh, share (laughs) you know live at a Kibbutz? I don't know what that means. K-I-B-B-U-T-Z. Kibbutz? I don't know. I don't know what that means. Chuck, Chuck's, yeah, look it up. (laughs) Chuck says, wait a minute. Aren't you supposed to be out on a mission now? Dean says, absolutely, and I will be. Chuck looks behind Dean and says, "Uh uh-oh. Dean turns around and almost gets hit by a woman throwing a punch. (laughs) Dean hides behind Chuck and says, easy, lady. Chuck says, Riza. Risa says, you spent the night in Jane's cabin last night, didn't you? <laughs> Dean says, uh, what? I don't. Wait, did I? Risa says, I thought we had a connection. Dean says, well, I'm sure that we do. She walks away and Chuck says, hi, Risa. She says, screw you. <laughs> 
Dean says, oh, geez, I'm getting busted for stuff I haven't even done yet. <laughs> Chuck says, what? Dean says, uh, never mind. Hey, Chuck, is Cass still here? Chuck says, yeah, I don't think Cass is going anywhere. So Dean walks into a building where Cass is talking to a bunch of women. They're all sitting on the floor in a circle. Cass says, so in this way, we're each a fragment of total perception, just one compartment in that dragonfly eye of a group mind. Now the key to this total shared perception is surprisingly physical. Uh, excuse me, ladies. I think we need to confer with our fearless leader here for a minute. Why not go get washed up for the orgy? You're all so beautiful. Then the women leave. Dean says, what, are you a hippie? Cass says, I thought you'd gotten over trying to label me. Dean says, Cass, we gotta talk. Cass looks at him and says, whoa, strange. You are not you. Not now you, anyway. Dean says, no, yeah, yes, exactly. Cass says, what year are you from? Okay, before I get further into this, can we just talk about Hippie Cass? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we can. He is having <laughs> orgies. Ugh. All these women, I mean, there's only like four girls that are there, but they're all wearing like cleavage shirts, mm-hmm. if you've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> totally the, this is existential, man. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that voice kind of creeped me out. I didn't like that voice that just came out of me. (laughs) I didn't like that at all. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. But yeah, no, he's definitely like, he's such like the stereotypical hippie, you know, like the baggy shirt. I mean, okay, honestly, one of the first things, so he, Misha lives in Bellingham, right? Right. So like (laughs) the first, the first thing I see when I see him in this outfit, I'm like, Yep, he came from Bellingham. (laughs) He probably just was like, what are people around here wearing? Great, I'm going to wear that. That's hilarious. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to, I didn't want to just pass over the the hippie, yeah, the hippie Misha, because that shit's hilarious. It's great. (laughs) That's a strange noise, Steve. (laughs) I think there's something wrong with my cat. Is he going to puke? It sounded like almost a puking sound. It was like a, no, it was like a weird... I don't know what that was. Where is he? He's now under the chair. He doesn't... When he pukes, he does the whole, like, thing for a while before he pukes. Yeah, he doesn't right. just go, and yeah, okay. puke. Like, I don't know what that was, but it was wrong on so many mm-hmm. levels. Oh, he's all worked up right now. He's been running around playing with toys. I think he's... Sometimes when he gets all, like, excited, he just goes, and makes, like, weird sounds. Because yeah. he's like, I don't know what to do. It's like... All right. <laughs> okay. Where are you, Steve? He's, right, to find he's right under the okay. chair over there. All right. <laughs> Dean says, uh, he's from 2009. Cass says, who did this to you? Is it Zachariah? Dean says, yes. Cass says, interesting. <laughs> Dean says, oh, yeah, it's friggin' fascinating. Now, why don't you strap on your angel wings and fly me back to my page on the calendar? Cass laughs and says, I wish I could just strap on my wings. <laughs> I wish I could just strap on my wings, but I'm sorry. No dice. Dean says, what are you, stoned? Cass says, generally, yeah. <laughs> Dean says, what happened to you? Cass says, life. We cut to Dean hiding in some trees. He sees a couple of jeeps pull up. Future Dean and some guys get out, um, and Dean throws a beer to one of them and opens one for himself. The guy starts to walk away, and Future Dean pulls a gun out and aims it at the dude's head. Dean yells, hey, hey, watch out! But Future Dean shoots the dude in the face. Everyone looks at Dean. Mm. Everyone looks at our Dean. <laughs> Future Dean says, damn it. To his peeps, he says, I'm not going to lie to you. Me and him is pretty messed up situation. 
But believe me, when you need to know something, you will know it. Until then, we all have work to do. Future Dean shoves our Dean into a cabin and says, what the hell was that? Dean says, what the hell was that? You just shot a guy in cold blood. Future Dean says, we were in an open quarantine zone, got ambushed by some croats on the way out. Croats, you know, croatoans. One of them infected Jaeger. Dean says, how do you know? Future Dean says, because after a few years of this, I know. I started seeing symptoms about half an hour ago. Was it going to be long before he flipped? I didn't see the point in troubling a good man with bad news. Dean says, troubling a good man? You just blew him away in front of your own people. Don't you think that freaked him out a little bit? Future Dean says, it's 2014. Plucking some croat, it's called commonplace. Trading birds with my friggin' cologne. That might have freaked him out a little. <laughs> Dean says, all right, look. Future Dean says, no, you look. This isn't your time. It's mine. You don't make the decisions. I do. So when I say stay in, you stay in. Dean says, all right, man, I'm sorry. Look, I'm not trying to mess you or me or us up here. Future Dean says, I know. Dean says, it's just been a really wacky weekend. <laughs> Future Dean says, tell me about it. And then they drink some alcohol together. Dean says, what was the mission anyway? Future Dean pulls the cult out of a bag. Dean says, the cult? Where was it? Future Dean says, everywhere. They've been moving it around. It took me five years, but I finally got it. And tonight, tonight, I'm going to kill the devil. We cut to some time later. Riza and Cass are in the room with Dean, with the Deans. Riza says, so that's it? That's the cult? Future Dean says, if anything can kill Lucifer, this is it. Riza says, great. Have we got anything that can find Lucifer? Future Dean says, are you okay? Dean says, oh, we were in uh, Jane's cabin last night, <laughs> and apparently we and Riza have a connection. <laughs> Future Dean says, you want to shut up? We don't have to find Lucifer. We know where he is. The demon that we caught last week, he was one of the big guy's entourage. He knew. Risa says, so a demon tells you where Satan's going to be, and you just believe it? Future Dean says, oh, trust me, he wasn't lying. Risa says, and you know this how. Cass says, our fearless leader, I'm afraid, is all too well schooled in the art of getting to the truth. Dean says, so we're torturing again? Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's classy. Cass starts laughing. Future Dean gives him a look, and Cass says, what? I like past you. <laughs> Future Dean puts a map on the table and says, all right, Lucifer is here. Now I know the block and I know the building. Cass says, oh, good. It's right in the middle of a hot zone. Future Dean says, crawling with croats. Yeah, he's saying my plan is reckless. Cass says, are you saying we uh, walk straight up the driveway past all the demons and the croats and we shoot the devil? Future Dean says, yes. Cass says, okay, if you don't like reckless, I could use insuccinct. I can't say that word. Insuccinct. Insuccinct. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Future Dean says, are you coming? Cass says, of course. But why is he? I mean, he's you five years ago. If something happens to him, you're gone, right? Future Dean says, he's coming. Cass says, okay, well, I'll get the grunts moving. Future Dean says, we're loaded and on the road by midnight. Cass says, alrighty, and leaves. Dean says, why are you taking me? Future Dean says, relax, you'll be fine. Zach's looking after you, right? Dean says, no, that's not what I mean. I want to know what's going on. Future Dean says, yeah, okay, you're coming because I want you to see something. I want you to see our brother. Dean says, Sam, I thought he was dead. Future Dean says, Sam didn't die in Detroit. He said, yes. Dean says, yes? Wait, you mean... Future Dean says, that's right, the big yes to the devil. Lucifer's wearing him to the prom. Dean says, why would he do that? Future Dean says, I wish I knew. 
but now we don't have a choice. It's in him, and it's not getting out, and we've got to kill him, Dean, and you need to see it. The whole damn thing, how bad it gets, so you can do it different. Dean says, what do you mean? Future Dean says, Zachariah said he was going to bring you back, right? 209. But when you get back home, you say yes. You hear me? You say yes to Michael. Dean says, that's crazy. If I let him in, then Michael fights the devil. The battle's going to torch half the planet. Future Dean says, look around you, man. Half the planet's better than no planet, which is what we have now. If I could do it over again, I'd say yes in a heartbeat. Dean says, so why don't you? Future Dean says, I've tried. I've shouted yes till I was blue in the face. The angels are not listening. They just left, gave up. It's too late for me, but for you. Dean says, oh no, there's got to be another way. Future Dean says, yeah, that's what I thought. I was cocky. Never actually thought I'd lose. But I was wrong, Dean. I was wrong. I'm begging you, say yes. But you won't, because I didn't. Because that's just not us, is it? So we cut to outside. People are packing up the Jeeps. Chuck says to Dean, so you're really from 09? Dean says, yeah, afraid so. Chuck says, some free advice? You ever get back there? You hoard <laughs> toilet paper. You understand me? Hoard it. Hoard it like it's made of gold, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's everybody. That's everybody's joke. If the apocalypse ever happens, or if there's, you know, some variety of natural disaster, like, you want toilet paper. Yep. Like, if nothing else, you want toilet paper. <laughs> it's so true. Toilet paper and water. Yep. <laughs> Dean says, thank you, Chuck. Chucky, Chuck, Chucky. <laughs> Chucky, Chucky. Chucky, Chucky says, oh, you'll thank me, all right. Mark my words. Dean says, I'll see you around. Chuck says, yeah, okay. Dean gets in a Jeep, but Chuck doesn't. The Jeeps roll out. I don't know why Chuck didn't go with them. I mean... I suppose looking like, back on what we know now about Chuck, that makes sense. That makes sense. However, I think, quite honestly, because he's the one that's like in charge of like here's how he's like the secretary of the camp. Yeah, you know, like he's the one that's like okay, here's what we've got, here's what we need, here's all that. Like he's the one that keeps the camp running. So for him to leave. Yeah. It would be bad if they lost it. Yeah, him, they, they you know? probably can't have all the people go at the same time. Oh, no. They need someone to kind of lead. It'd be a wreck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Dean and Cass are in a Jeep. Cass is driving. Cass pops some pills and offers them to Dean. <laughs> Dean reads the bottle and says, Amphetamines. Cass says, It's the perfect antidote to that absence. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean,. YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> YOLO. It's the end of the world. Like <laughs> Dean says, don't get me wrong, Cass. I'm happy that the stick is out of your ass. But what's going on with the drugs and the orgies and the love guru crap? <laughs> Cass starts laughing and Dean says, what's so funny? Cass says, Dean, I'm not an angel anymore. Yeah, I went mortal. Dean says, what do you mean? How? Cass says, I think it had something to do with the angels leaving. But when they bailed, my mojo just kind of drained away. And now, you know, I'm practically human. I mean, Dean, I'm all but useless. Last year, I broke my foot and laid up for two months. Dean says, wow, so you're human. Well, welcome to the club. Cass says, thanks. Except I used to belong to a much better club. And now I'm powerless. I'm hapless. I'm hopeless. I mean, why the hell not bury myself in women in decadence, right? It's the end, baby. That's what decadence is for. Why not bang a few gongs before the lights go out? <laughs> bang a few gongs bang a few gongs 
Uh, Does that, okay, does that mean that, you know, like, bang a few gongs, like, they're, like, they're, you know, banging a gong is, like, a hollow, empty sound. Does that mean that he's, like, bang a few empty, hollow idiots before? (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's what I I think that's what it means. Yeah. Oh, well, they're dumb. Let's have fun, you know? Yep. You bang (laughs) that gong. (laughs) He says, uh, but then that's how I roll. We cut to daytime. The gang is walking down the street with their guns out. They get to a fenced off area. A sign says, no trespassing, Jackson County Sanitarium. Future Dean looks through his binoculars at a building and says, there, second floor window. We go in there. Risa says, you sure about this? Future Dean says, they'll never see us coming. Trust me. Now weapons check. We're on the move in five. Dean says, hey, uh, me, can I have a talk with you for a sec? So they go to, they go to talk privately. Dean says, tell me what's going on. I know you're lying to these people and to me. Future Dean says, is that so? Dean says, yeah, see, I know you're lying expressions. I've seen them in the mirror. Now there's something you're not telling us. Future Dean says, I don't know what you're talking about. Dean says, oh, really? Well, I don't seem to be the only member of your posse with some questions, so maybe I'll just take my doubts over to them. Future Dean says, okay, well, wait. Take a look around you, man. This place should be white hot with croats. Where are they? Dean says, they've cleared a path for us, which means this is, Future Dean says, a trap. Exactly. Dean says, well, then we can't go through the front. Future Dean says, oh, we're not. They are. And he nods to his friends. Future Dean says, they're the decoys. You and me, we're going in the back. Dean says, you mean you're going to feed your friends into a meat grinder? Cast two? You want to use their deaths as a diversion? Oh man, something is broken in you. You're making decisions that I would never make. I wouldn't sacrifice my friends. Future Dean says, you're right, you wouldn't. It's one of the main reasons we're in this mess, actually. Mm -hmm. Dean says, these people count on you. They trust you. Future Dean says, they trust me to kill the devil and to save the world, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Dean says, no, not like this, you're not. I'm not going to let you. Future Dean says, oh, really? And then he punches Dean in the face, and he's knocked out. When he wakes up, he hears gunfire. He runs to the backyard of the building and sees Future Dean on the ground. Sam, possessed by Lucifer, otherwise known as Samifer, (laughs) which I shall call him for the rest of this episode. Please do. (laughs) Samifer. Oh, that reminds me. (laughs) When I was in, um, like, junior high, so probably 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. one of my best friends was named Melissa, and we hung out all the time. Melissa or Alyssa? Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Okay. And the nickname she used to call me was Linifer, and I used (laughs) to call her Melissifer. Why? <laughs> I don't remember how that happened, but she used to call me Linifer all the time. Huh. In fact, my very first AOL email was Linifer. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. It's, yeah, it's weird how you come up with it. Like, okay, so Raquel and I, mm-hmm. it's Raquelis and Rochellis. Mm-hmm. Do I remember how that happened? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, it had nothing to do with, like, the devil. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it, not. It wasn't. Yeah. I don't remember how it happened. It was a play on the word Jennifer, not Lucifer, but it's yeah. just so funny now to think about it. I'm like, oh, I wonder. She came from a very, very religious family. Yeah. Like, there's a Conwell family, and they had their, like, own church. There are so many of them. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. It was a crazy fucked up time. <laughs> yeah. They did not like me. Yeah, usually in, like... The really conservative, tight-knit 
groups like that, they don't appreciate outsiders. Oh, no. To any capacity. Right. Especially because my parents are, like, Hindu and Buddhist. Mm-hmm. That I was, like, the devil to them. <laughs> I, I had a huge crush on one of her cousins who was a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Will. <laughs> Will Conwell. Um, huge crush on him. And he, he liked me, too. But, like... It would never have worked because his parents hated me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we never got together ever, which pissed him off. I remember once we finally went to the same junior high and I started dating somebody and he came up to me and told me what a slut I was. <laughs> a 13-year-old okay, slut. Okay, jealousy. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> and then we weren't, we weren't really friends after that. I mean, rightfully so. <laughs> and then in high school, he used to egg my boyfriend. Not egg, but he used to... TP my boyfriend's house. Ah. Todd, Amy's husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then on one of my last days of school, my senior year, right before I graduated, um, Will and I had a couple songs that we used to listen to together in when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Far Behind by, oh God, I can't remember the name of the artist now. But it has a really distinct, like, guitar riff at the beginning of the song. Mm -hmm. And so I remember my senior year, so almost graduating, I'm at lunch. I just got my sub. I'm sitting down. I'm unwrapping it. And I hear over the loudspeaker, because we had a stage in our cafeteria and, Mm -hmm. like, things would happen sometimes. But over the loudspeaker, I heard that riff of that song starting. Uh And I dropped my sandwich and I stood up all dramatically. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) And I look over the stage and there's Will. And he's looking at me, and he, like, motions me to go over to him. Oh, no. It's like, over. And he was just like, I'm really sorry about everything. <sighs> I hope you, I wish you luck graduating. And, yeah. You know, blah. and then we hugged. And it was kind of a movie moment. <laughs> it was a total yeah. movie moment. At least he seemed to, try, like, kind of redeem himself a little bit. You know, it doesn't give an excuse for all the n- nonsense that he pulled. But still, you know, like. He was a decent guy. Yeah. I think. I think he just. Just jealous. Just and didn't didn't realize that it truly never would have worked out. I yeah, mean, it I was, never would have. His mom had told him once that I was never allowed in his home. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that definitely isn't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, just things like that. Like it's just not gonna work. So, not in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I uh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um well that's funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> Uh, Dean runs to the backyard of the building and sees future Dean on the ground. Samifer has his foot on future Dean's neck and breaks it. Samifer turns around and sees Dean. He says, oh, hello, Dean. Aren't you a surprise? You've come a long way to see this, haven't you? Dean says, well, go ahead. Kill me. Samifer says, kill you? Don't you think that would be a little redundant? I'm sorry. It must be painful speaking to me in this shape. Um... I just want to say, Sam in this shape is very beautiful. (laughs) Sammy is wearing his white sex suit. (laughs) Which has been dubbed by Lynn. Let's just get this out here. This is not something that is, like, commonplace in the fandom that we know of. Like, this is Lynn's own personal (laughs) whatever that is. I don't know. (laughs) This is Sam at his most hottest. (laughs) For me, for me, I don't know if it's because he's suddenly bad in combination with the white suit. And the the, white suit is a good look. Yeah. And the facial expressions he's making is so different from the expressions that Sam makes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He really made it, made it 
someone new, I thought. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was some really good acting. Yeah. Um, okay. He is pretty in that white suit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good look on him. It is a good look yes. on him. Okay. Everybody talks about the white suit. Really? I don't know if anybody calls it his sex suit, but a lot of people <laughs> talk about the white suit. <laughs> That's a good look, Yeah. Okay, so Samifer says, but it had to be your brother. It had to be. He goes to put a hand on Dean's shoulder, but Jean, but Jean, <laughs> but Dean dodges. Jolene, Jolene, <laughs> Jolene, Jolene. Oh my God. Your voice wobbled perfectly. Uh, uh, it was hard to make it wobble quite. So I, I worked hard for that wobble, okay? <laughs> paid off thanks man (laughs) so uh dean dodges sam's hand samifer says you don't have to be afraid of me dean what do you think i'm gonna do dean says i don't know maybe deep fry the planet samifer says why why would i want to destroy this stunning thing beautiful in a trillion different ways the last perfect handiwork of god you ever hear the story of how i fell from grace Dean says, oh, good God, you're not going to tell me a bedtime story, are you? My stomach is almost out of bile. Samifer says, you know why God cast me down? Because I loved him more than anything. And then God created you, the little hairless apes. It's all false! (laughs) (laughs) He says, and then he asks all of us to bow down before you, to love you more than him. And I said, Father, I can't. I said, these human beings are flawed, murderous, and for that... God had Michael cast me into hell. Now tell me, does the punishment fit the crime? Especially when I was right? Look at what six billion of you have done to this thing, and how many of you blame me for it. Dean says, you're not fooling me. You know that? With his sympathy for the devil crap. (laughs) What a gaslighting narcissist! Uh, yeah. Like, I know people that would say these same exact things given the situation, and it's just like, you're not fooling anyone! Right, 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 right. You're just an asshole! Yep. Oh, it's fine. Okay, anyways, moving on. That's okay. Dean says, I know what you are. Samifer says, what am I? Dean says, you're the same thing, only bigger. The same brand of cockroach I've been squashing my whole life. An ugly, ugly, evil, belly-to-the-ground, supernatural piece of crap. The only difference between them and you is the size of your ego. (laughs) Samifer smiles and says, I like you, Dean. I get what the other angels see in you. Goodbye. We'll meet again soon. Steve is talking. Steve wants to be part of the podcast. I know. What do you have to say, Steve? Probably nothing right now. Now that he's gone. Now that he's up on your lap. (laughs) Oh, he's the cutest. He's a cute little fluff. He's the cutest little fluff. Fuzzy little turd. You're a fuzzy little turd. You are a little turd. You are. You're a good turd. Can you say something? Steve, say hi. Can you say something? Say hi. He looks very happy right now. (laughs) You're gonna play the drums. Ready, Steve? On the table. Ready? (laughs) He's just like, whatever, just give me attention. I don't care what form it comes in. He's dancing. He's a dancing little floofy kitty. He's looking longingly at the floor. He's like, oh gosh, please be done. Uh, okay. okay, so Samifer turns around to walk away. Dean yells, you better kill me now. Samifer says, pardon? 
Dean says, you better kill me now, or I swear I will find a way to kill you, and I won't stop. Semifer says, I know you won't. I know you won't say yes to Michael either, and I know you won't kill Sam. Whatever you do, you will always end up here. Whatever choices you make, whatever details you alter, we will always end up here. And that's something that's I see those those memes all the time. Like, you know, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. You, know. you haven't seen that meme where, where he says, whatever choices you make, whatever details you alter, we'll always end up here. I don't It's Sammy's so. white suit meme. <laughs> I don't know if I've really seen that one. We must not be in the same supernatural groups on Facebook. No, we totally are. At least. Oh, two of you know, I might same. see it all the time on Tumblr, and if you don't tumble, that's why. I don't tumble. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love tumbling. You you told me or you told me about it, and so I downloaded it, and I just like it was too confusing. Oh, really? I couldn't get a grip on like what was happening, mm-hmm. like, and so I just deleted it because I was like, that's okay. I can't. I got it. I well, and I didn't like delete it right away but I went for so long without using it and then I was like oh maybe I should look at this again and try and figure it out and I just couldn't figure it out and I'm like no you know mm-hmm. like we're done here I think when I started Tumblr I did it on um, a computer instead of my phone mm-hmm. so it looks a little bit different and you yeah. just like search like you would search supernatural mm-hmm. and anything that was tagged supernatural like mm-hmm. hashtagged mm-hmm. it would show you it would show up and it would have options of like the top posts you know the ones mm-hmm. that have the most likes to, mm-hmm. Or you can do recent ones. Yeah. So, but it's, it's kind of it's, like Instagram a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's like memes, but it's also it's also fan fiction, mm-hmm. um, and just like people's ideas and stuff. I actually look at like inspiration. Well, not inspirational quotes. I'm, <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, I look up existential quotes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Do each. You, you know, I am very very existential lately, <laughs> and some of them have helped me. That's fine. Not freak out as much about it. So, but also yeah. supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, not sure how we got there. Uh, I don't know either. Yeah. So memes. Yes, white memes. Suits. I don't white know. suits. So. Yeah, it's good. So <laughs> Dean single man tears. Samifer says, "I win." So I win. Dean says, "You're wrong." Samifer says, "See you in five years, Dean." And then thunder and lightning crash, and Samifer disappears. Dean turns around, and Zach is there. He touches Dean's forehead, and Dean is teleported back to his present day. Zach is still with him. Dean says, oh, well, if it isn't the ghost of Christmas, screw you. (laughs) Zach says, enough, Dean, enough. You saw it, right? You saw what happens. You're the only person who can prove the devil wrong. Just say yes. Dean says, how do I know that this whole thing isn't just one of your tricks, huh? Some angel hocus-pocus? Zach says, the time for tricks is over. Give yourself to Michael. Say yes, and we can strike before Lucifer gets to Sam, before billions die. Dean thinks about it. Then he says, nah. Zach says, nah? You're telling me you haven't learned your lesson? Dean says, oh, I've learned a lesson, all right, just not the one you wanted to teach. Zach says, well, I'll just have to teach it again. But I got you now, boy, and I'm never letting you. Just then, Dean disappears. Zach says, son of a... (laughs) Then Dean is on the side of a road next to Castiel. Dean says, that's pretty nice timing, Cass. (laughs) Son of a whoops. (laughs) Cass says, we had an appointment. Dean says, don't ever change. Cass (laughs) says, how did Zachariah find you? Dean says, long story. Let's just stay away from Jehovah's Witnesses from now on, okay? (laughs) Dean pulls out his phone, and Cass says, what are you doing? Dean says, something I should have done in the first place. We cut to the morning. Dean is parked on a lonely road. Sam pulls up and gets out of the car. 
Dean hands him the demon-killing knife and says, If you're serious and you want back in, you should hang on to this. I'm sure you're rusty. Look, man, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm whatever I need to be, but I was wrong. Sam asks, what made you change your mind? Dean says, long story. The point is, maybe we are each other's Achilles heel. Maybe they'll find a way to use us against each other. I don't know. I just know that we're all we've got. More than that, we keep each other human. Dean says, thank you. Really, thank you. I won't let you down. Dean says, oh, I know it. I mean, you are the second best hunter on the planet. They smile. (laughs) Sam says, so what do we do now? Dean says, we make our own future. Sam says, guess we have no choice. And credits. I'm glad the boys are talking again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love like, it. Stop being so freaking dramatic. Like, I know. Just, you know, you figured out by now. Hopefully you would have figured out by now that it's just easier if you stay together. You know? Like, it's way better. Uh, way better. Like, it's just better in the long run. But, okay. Thoughts. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts. So... I love how Dean is way more disturbed about baby being like rotting out in a bush somewhere than about anything else in this yeah, entire situation. You're right. That you know, is like, the most upsetting. He's like, oh, the car, you know, like not, oh, hey, you know, the world's gone to hell, you know, like, yeah. It's, oh, I think Steve wants town. <laughs> it's not like, oh, darn, you know, like, it's like, no, baby, what have they done to you? You know, like, ugh, that. I, I just liked it. Yep. Um, also, future Dean is, like, super grumpy and just He's got negative. no humor. He's got negative no... He doesn't have that sarcastic bit either, if yeah. you notice. He's just serious. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not trying to soften anything or, like, take into account people's, you know, like, feelings or anything like that. It's just, right. hey... I'm just going to be a jerk because I can. But, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't like it. Um, Same. Also, it is really weird to see Cass without his trench coat. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that, but you're right. And his hair is kind of scraggly. Like, it's not long or anything, but it's, yeah. like, scraggly. And it's and not, not done. It's not done. You know, like, yeah. he doesn't look like a businessman anymore. And he looks a little unshaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little stubbly. <laughs> a little stubbly with bad hair. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's got major case of the bed head, and he probably, just from the looks of him, he probably doesn't smell very good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, ca- If you're going to have an orgy, you have to smell better than that. You would think. I mean, we don't know that he stinks. Nobody has said that he stinks, but he just kind of looks like unkempt and like mm-hmm. maybe like he hasn't showered in a couple days, you know? Right, right. But, I mean, it doesn't look necessarily greasy or no, anything. No, he didn't look greasy, but, but he did yeah. look unfresh yeah like i wouldn't think that you'd look at him and be like you probably smell halfway decent like mm-hmm. it's probably like no you probably smell like you know bad breath and bo you know yeah. like, oh. just, uh, yeah. not okay not okay <laughs> which is i think kind of what he was going for either that yeah. or he smells like patchouli <laughs> 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 You're totally right. Uh, you know, I don't hate the smell of patchouli. I don't. I can't conjure the scent in my mind to know. I can. I've, I've smelled someone who wore patchouli, mm-hmm. and it was okay. It's not bad. It and it depends on the per- person that's wearing it. Like yeah. some people's like body chemistry, just like it does not do them any 
justices. Mm-hmm. There's one of the girls that I work with, she did, I don't know if she wears like patchouli, like deodorant or something like that, but mm-hmm. you can tell, like she smells like patchouli mm-hmm. and not like super strong or anything, but it's definitely, you can tell. And it, it smells good on her. Yeah. Like if I smell it in a bottle, it's like, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with her body chemistry, it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. That's so. cool. Um, but I don't know how many people can actually pull that off. Right. I don't think I'm one of the people who can do that. I would definitely not be. Listen, I can't even wear half of the perfumes out there because they end up smelling like pepper or cat pee on me. One of the two. Yeah. Same here. Same here. It doesn't It's really hard to find one for me. Ugh. There's, I've noticed like the cheap knockoff perfumes smell way better on me than any of the expensive stuff. Weird. And I don't know what it is about the chemistry of it, Mm -hmm. but like, (laughs) I remember... So my mom and I both have the same issue with perfumes. Like, nothing smells good on us. And we, or my family was on a cruise at one point, and they have, like, the little shopping areas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, And they had a perfume store for some reason on the ship. And we went in there, and we're, like, you know, smelling things. And we'd, like, spritz a little on us to see what it smelled like or whatever. And there's this one. It was, like, a Paris Hilton perfume that smelled really good in the bottle. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. oh, this has got to be okay. I sprayed it on me, and it literally smelled like, I mean, at first it just kind of smelled kind of alcoholy, And then it was, like, eh, okay. Within, like, a few minutes, it straight up smelled like ammonia on me. Oh. It was so bad. And it smelled so good in the bottle. I was really disappointed. That sucks. Not that I would have bought it anyways because I was... I don't even know how old I was. I didn't have the money to buy it at the time. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, like, yeah. it's like, oh, this could smell really good. Like, oh, that's terrible. There's but. one perfume that I really like. It's a Katy Perry perfume. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's called Mad Potion. Mm-hmm. And I got it on clearance mm-hmm. at Kohl's like a year ago. And yeah. I use it. I really like it. It's kind of got that white musk smell. Mm-hmm. Um so it smells really good and mm-hmm. I ran out of it and I saw a bottle at Walgreens mm-hmm. but it was like locked up mm-hmm. so I had to like go and ask an employee and I was so embarrassed because it was this young guy <laughs> and I was like I really don't like Katy Perry okay but I just really like this perfume and he goes you know what she probably didn't have a lot to do with the perfume <laughs> and I was like that was so kind of him <laughs> it's true and unjudgmental I'm yeah. just like wow yeah thank you that makes me feel a lot better because honestly every time I use it I feel a little bit of shame why because I don't like Katy Perry oh I don't know how I feel about Katy Perry I don't like hate her she kind of confuses me I think that's the best way to like describe it is like I you never know what you're gonna I think she'd be either really fun to hang out with or exhausting to hang out with oh because yeah it's like you feel like you'd have to be like running around trying to like no no no, no don't do that you know mm-hmm. like yeah but I don't know because there's some things like you know she's been on American Idol and all that and there's some times where she'll like say things or do things that I'm just like what you yeah. know like mm-hmm. Ah, you know, I'm so glad I'm not in that room right now. (laughs) Yeah. But, Hmm. yeah, I don't know. The only perfume, like, legit perfume that isn't knockoff perfume that I've found that smells good on me is Teas from Victoria's Secret. Oh, okay. That is the only one. And I I think I've noticed it's because a lot of, like, the vanilla, Mm -hmm. like, whether, no matter what it's mixed with, but something about vanilla always ends up smelling a little bit better on my skin. I see. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but something about it just works with my body. Vanilla, so. yeah, it's the same with me, actually. Mm-hmm. Vanilla, I've never had a bad vanilla on my skin. Yeah, I haven't either. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably one of those things that, like, 
It probably it works on most people, I would guess. Yeah. But yeah. Victoria's Secret teas. And I love the smell of that stuff. It smells so good. And it smells the same on me as it does in the bottle, or almost the same on me as it does in the bottle, cool. which is I don't think I've ever smelled it. I have I yeah, have it. I'll have to have you smell I'll it. sniff it later. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay. Where was I with these things? Oh, um, so another thought. Why? Why did Samifer not get rid of those sideburns? <laughs> like, oh my god, you're right. He just, just he liked him. him. He liked him. I guess. Ugh. I mean, I guess it's like his perfect vessel or whatever, but that doesn't mean you gotta keep the hair. You know, yeah. like I mean keep his hair, but not the, the facial hair. The mm-hmm. facial hair can go. Yeah. But ugh. I agree. And like I was a little bit disappointed. Granted, we haven't really seen sassy Lucy yet. Right, right. You know, so far it's just been like him lying to people to try and like get what he and, wants and, and that trying sort of to stuff. like show com- mm-hmm. compassion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's almost confusing. Like what, having seen everything, like watching him like that, it's like that's not Lucifer. Yeah, you know, it's like it's just not right. Yeah, but I mean. He kind of works into that, which, from what I remember, which works, you know? Mm-hmm. But still, it's just kind of like, what? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's very serious in the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Also, I looked up the kibbutz. Oh, what does it mean? <laughs> it's a communal settlement in Israel, typically a farm. Oh, okay. It's, like, I don't it, remember. it's a commune. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much yeah, yeah. what it is. Um, What's your favorite moment from this episode? <laughs> uh, there were a lot of really good moments, but my favorite was probably Chuck. Really? Chuck, Chuck's interactions. I would have with... thought you would have gone with the white suit. <laughs> well, that, I think I explained that that's, you know, my favorite moment in the whole series. This is true. Pretty yeah. much. So, yes, white suit Sammy is dreamboat Sammy to me. Yeah. yeah. But, but besides that, I really liked Chuck and... Um, and present dean mm-hmm. together and check being like hoard toilet paper like it's gold <laughs> yeah yeah i like that part too what was your favorite moment mine um so my i have two different ones and they're both cast moments and it's so funny because they're so opposite like okay. the first favorite is this isn't funny dean the voice says i'm almost out of minutes yeah and then he just is like standing there on the side of the road <laughs> where then the other one is that's my favorite from this episode is <laughs> And Dean's like, what are you, stoned? And he's like, uh, generally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like, uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. I just, I love the contrast of the two different, yeah. almost a Dean's, the two different castes. It was, yeah. I think he's like my favorite thing about this episode is Cass. I also I like Samifer. Yeah. If he would be sassy Samifer, it would have been perfect. Yeah. But he's not at that point yet. So. Right, right, right. Hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. I think that was that my only one. Yeah, those are my only two. But um, our interesting facts from this one: um, it says Zachariah sent Dean to 2014. Um, that would be during seasons nine and ten. Um, it says Jensen says that playing the alternate uh, future version of Dean was one of the most challenging versions of Dean he's done at, at that point. Yeah. Um, he had to make Dean recognizable but different, all while playing present-day Dean as well. Uh, Jared frequently says this is one of his favorite of Jensen's performances, um, while Jensen also frequently says that Jared's turn as Lucifer in the white suit is one of his favorite performances by Jared. Mm-hmm. 
There is a mixed opinion among fans as to whether the future shown here is real or merely a constru- or merely constructed by Zachariah to persuade Dean to become Michael's vessel. Uh, commentary on the episode by Ben Edlund and Eric Kripke. Those are both hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Support so this is an alternate universe model rather than time travel. Um, it says future Dean was not wearing this amulet, um, which means... You know, that either Cass never gave it back or it got destroyed. So I don't know. They didn't. I mean, they didn't we know the future all. now. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, and then it says, in June 2010, the CW submitted this episode along with season five, episode eight, Changing Channels, for consideration for an Emmy nomination. Um, changing? I think I know. Oh, the TV. Yeah, the yeah, TV okay. show one. Um and then the last interesting, the last interesting fact um, is the fandom celebrated August first, two thousand fourteen, um, as Croatoan Day, commemorating the spread of the Croatoan virus as depicted in this episode. Uh, fans wrote Croatoan on their arms and hoarded toilet paper. A, a disappointing few donned pink panties. <laughs> <laughs> Why okay. are they disappointing? Also, Maybe the small amount of numbers was disappointing. I think that's what they were going for. Also, how do we know that they're wearing pink panties? Are they running around pulling their pants down and showing people? Or did oh. they wear them like on top of their pants? I was just assuming they put them on their head for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I think my brain automatically goes to they pulled them up over their pants and wore them like Superman style. Yeah, probably. But, I yeah, because like... If they just wore them, that's fine. But, like, what are they going to do? Take a poll? Okay, who's wearing pink panties today? Exactly. Like, yeah, they've got to have know. a way to show it. Exactly. Which means they probably just wore it on the outside. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they wore underwear on the inside, too. <laughs> I do hope so. Because that's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yep. Yeah. So, our research for today is... From Ranker.com because... We love Ranker. (laughs) We just can't stay away. (laughs) Um, They're just fun sometimes. Yeah, they're interesting. Um, This one is Mysterious Time Travelers with Convincing Stories. Says nearly everyone has heard a completely ludicrous time travel story at least once in their life. Like the internet famous Backwoods Home magazine ad which read, Wanted, somebody to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. <laughs> P.O. Box 322 Oakview, California 93022. You get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety not guaranteed. I've only done this once before. <laughs> <laughs> I love that ad. I've heard I've heard that ad a few times. What a terrible ad. <laughs> it was, of course, a hoax, as many similar stories are. But what about real time travelers? Do they exist? That's something you have to decide for yourself, as no time travel stories can be conclusively proven. Uh, but there are some convincing stories of people who may have actually traveled through time and other mysterious figures. Uh, so strap in, because this list is going to take you through some of the most credible time travel stories. Mm. <laughs> Good old ranker. Everything's so dramatic. I know. I love it. Um, this first one is two professors see Marie Antoinette at Versailles in 1901. Um, it says, in 1901, two professors from St. Hugh's College in Oxford, England, went to visit the, pla- the palace of Versailles. Um, Versailles was, of course, the French royal home until the monarchy was abolished in 1792. Um, Marie Antoinette, one of the last royals to live there, was executed in 1793. So on that day in 1901, when Professors Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jordan um, 
were walking the grounds of the palace, it's pretty safe to say they did not expect to see Marie Antoinette in the flesh just chilling on a stool outside the... No. Petit Trianon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know French. A private retreat built for Antoinette by her hubby Louis the... Let's see. Roman numerals. 10... 14th? Okay. No. I think 14th. Okay. Was it an X with four? XVI. 16th. 16th. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Uh, you got there eventually. It's, it's fine. Okay, listen. I took an AP European history class. We're like, that's all we did. Oh, really? Like, that's funny. Deal with people's names, pretty much. It's like, how many Louis are there? How many Elizabeths are there? How many, you know, Francises are there? Like, good grief. Mm-hmm. There's so many. But yeah, like, that's embarrassing that I can't even read Roman numerals anymore. Um, so, we're moving on. <laughs> it says, and yet, there she was, sitting and sketching, and completely oblivious to the fact that two women were gaping at her, and all the other people in 1780s period attire who had appeared just as suddenly as Antoinette. Okay. Flash mob. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking, too. What if it was just, like, you know, a project somebody was doing? I know. Really, yeah. right. <laughs> Antoinette and everyone else disappeared when a tour guide approached Moberly and Jordan. Eh, okay. Uh, together they wrote a book, an adventure, about their experience, and the story gained notoriety because of how grounded it seemed. These are two highly educated and well-respected women and wouldn't just make up a story like that. So what was it then? Did they actually travel through time? It's one of the most thoroughly reported, compelling, and famous time travel stories that can't be explained. Okay, it sounds like you saw a bunch of freaking ghosts. Mm-hmm. You didn't travel like through time. Yeah. They traveled through time. They traveled through time. That's how I feel, too, about it. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, is fine. Um, this one says, Pilot sees a futuristic plane. Um, Air Marshal Sir Robert Victor Goddard. That's a long freaking name, mm-hmm. um, was sent to inspect an abandoned airfield in Edinburgh in 1935. It was dilapidated, of which he made note. He got back in his plane and took off, but heavy rain and low visibility prevented him from going too far. So he turned around and headed back to the airfield to wait out the storm. As he approached the landing strip, though, something very strange happened. The clouds cleared, the sun shone brightly, and he saw that the previously abandoned land was now bustling with mechanics and blue jump shoot, jump jump shoots jump suits <laughs> there were four yellow planes on the tarmac and one of them was a kind he had never seen before keep in mind this guy was a military pilot he was pretty familiar with all the different plane models available at the time uh, goddard was totally confused had he imagined it was he hallucinating or was it a dream it couldn't be real certainly but four years later he was sent back to the airfield far from being abandoned it was now full or it was now in full use complete with blue jumpsuit wearing mechanics and yellow planes <laughs> hmm. and sitting on the runway <clears throat> was the plane he couldn't identify in 1935 a miles magister uh, the magister was first manufactured in 1938 three years after goddard initially saw it wow um, Goddard's story is convincing because he wasn't even trying to travel through time. Something explainable, unexplainable just happened to him. He wasn't trying to travel through time. He wasn't trying time. to. It just it happened. It just happened. That sounds like a little kid's excuse for, like, they do something wrong and they know it and they, like, actively were trying to do the thing. And then mm-hmm. they're like, I wasn't even trying. It happened on accident. Yeah. <laughs> does sound like that. You're right. <sighs> Um, this one is journalist experiences air raid 11 years before it occurs. Um, it says journalist J. Bernard Hutton and photographer 
Joachim Brandt. We're going to go with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> were sent by a German newspaper to do the story of the Hamburg shipyard in 1932. It was an uneventful visit until the bombs began raining down on them. Um, I shouldn't be laughing at that, but it just sounds kind of funny in my brain for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Hutton and Brent uh, realized that they were caught in the middle of an air raid and hightailed it out of there, but not before snapping some photographs. When they got back to the center of Hamburg, nobody believed their story. They developed the photos they took, intending to prove to everyone that they weren't crazy. In fact, they proved the opposite. The photos showed no sign of an air raid. Um, Eleven years later, Hutton was was living in London when he opened up a newspaper and probably nearly spit his coffee across his desk. There was a story about Operation Gomorrah, um, an air raid on Hamburg. The accompanying photos looked exactly like what he experienced in 1932. Hmm. Oh, yeah? What do you have to say about that, Steve? Where'd he go? Where'd you go, Steve? He was just yelling. He does that a lot, though. Where'd he go? Oh, he's underneath the table. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, what's up? He's like, I need to stress clot this cat tree right now. Are we ignoring you? <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah! <laughs> uh, uh, this next one is The Green Children of Woolpit. Oh, I've heard of this one before. I haven't heard of this one. Um, in the 12th century, a young boy and girl were found alone in Woolpit, England. Uh, they didn't speak English or any other identifiable language for that matter. And their skin was green. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right, green. <laughs> Steve's like, ew. <laughs> Green skin, grody. <laughs> um, they were taken in by a local villager, and though the boys died soon after, the girl survived and eventually learned to speak English. Finally, she was able to tell someone where she came from. She said that she had come from a twilight-covered place called St. Martin's Land, and that she and her brother were taking, or were taking care of their father's sheep one day when they found a cave. They went into the cave, and after walking for what felt like a very long time, they emerged in Woolpit. Um, maybe it's just a folktale, or maybe they came from the future. After all, their story does sound suspiciously like a time slip. Unfortunately for them, they were never able to go back to where or when they came from. That sounds like the plot from Outlander. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I listened to a whole podcast episode about them once. And um, I don't, the wool pit thing, the yeah. the green kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember anywhere in that them thinking that it was a time travel thing. It was just more of a mystery, like why are they green? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I can't remember anything about it truthfully, but I don't remember being like, oh, time travel, you know. I wonder if there's like a medical condition where your skin. Can I think be there green. is. Like if you're lacking some sort of like nutrient mm-hmm. that. I think there is. turn funny colors. I mean, I know that, like, with jaundice, you know, you turn orange. Right. You know, or orangey. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming that if it gets really, really bad, you probably turn really, really orange. Yeah. (laughs) So. I had jaundice when I was born. So did I. I had to wear light. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) My parents took a picture of it. I look like, what you know, those little, like, glow worm dolls that we used to have when Mm -hmm. we were kids. I don't think they even make them anymore. I don't think so. But, or they do, they might make them, but they don't glow and they're not called glow worms they're just like the same shape or something like that but it was like a doll head on like a worm body and you like push on something and it lights up mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like a, a toy night light thing. right 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 and i kind of looked like one of those <laughs> that's awesome so my whole body was just like yep but anyways um uh, this one is charlotte wartenberg or what? Wartenberg? How did I get that out of Warburton? 
my brain fills in some imaginary letters and yeah. here we go. Um, travels through time without even realizing it. <laughs> War Burton. I keep wanting to say Wartenberg. Like, I don't know what's happening. It says in 1968, um, Charlotte Warburton <laughs> entered a cafe she had never seen before. Nothing seemed to miss, but when she tried to go back a few days later, it had vanished. Charlotte later learned that there was, in fact, a cafe in that spot many years ago. It had been replaced by a supermarket long before Charlotte claims to have walked in and visited it. That's, That's weird. Kinda... Yeah, okay. That would trip me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would kind of be like, okay, what did I eat that had some sort of hallucin... No, like a hallucinogen in it. Like, yeah, yeah. What, like right. what happened? Um, so it says this next one is a police officer travels to the 1950s from 1996. Um, it says in 1996, a police officer and his wife were shopping in Liverpool. His wife uh, went into a bookshop while he took off for a CD store down the street. <laughs> CD Back store. when they had CD stores. Uh-huh. Okay. Freaking all the kids now that will never know the struggle of CDs. Or <laughs> or actual cassette tapes. Did you ever experience oh, yeah. cassette tapes? Okay. Well, I still have my cassette tape from The Sound of Music. Like, oh. it's got all the Sound of Music, like, stuff on it, mm-hmm. and I can't, like, bring myself to get rid of it. Yeah, that's awesome. But, and I don't know why, because it's not like I listen to it that often or whatever, but mm-hmm. it just seems weird to, like, throw something like that away that was, like... Yeah, you know, I get it. Because what do you do? You can't listen to it. I mean, some people still have the, the players for them, but not... Yeah. I don't have any cassette tapes anymore. I wonder... I don't remember ever at any point being like, oh, I should throw this away. So yeah. I wonder. I mean, it's possible. Like, I know... I should just, like, give it to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Somebody might eventually take it. But I don't know. I've had it for so long at this point that I just can't, like... <laughs> and quite honestly, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like... One day, I'm going to freak someone out with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to know what the heck it is. Yeah. It's like, have you seen that video of, um, there's these two kids. I don't know if they're brothers or friends or whatever, but um, one of the kids' dads, or both of their dads, whatever. But anyways, there's this older guy, and he give, he hands them this rotary phone, mm-hmm. and he's, they're like, what is this? And he's oh, like, yeah, it's I've a phone or yeah. whatever, and they're... He's like, I want you to try and figure out how to dial the phone, you know? And it was plugged into the wall, so, Mm -hmm. like, they could use it. And they're like, oh, here. And they're, like, trying all these ridiculous things to try and get the rotary phone to work. Mm -hmm. And I just remember sitting there going, why? You know? Yeah, yeah, I have seen that video. Yeah. How far we have come that people don't even know how to use a rotary phone. Yeah. (laughs) We never had a rodeo rodeo? Rodeo phone. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) When I was little, we always had a regular one. Yeah. So. I think... We, did we have one? I don't think we had one, but my great-grandma did. Okay. Um, and she was, I mean, she was English and very, you know, proper about everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and her house had a bunch of, like, older kind of stuff in it. And so, I mean, because she was older, but also, yeah. you know, like, she, ha- she still had her rotary phone, and it still worked and everything, and so, like, I was taught how to use the rotary phone. Yeah. That was, I remember her sitting me down and being like, you are going to learn how to use this, because mm-hmm. we're, I think she said, because we're going to come back to using these one day. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened. No, However, I mean, you could still probably, I don't, like, can you even buy a rotary phone anymore? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Probably not. Or if you do, it's like one of those cheap made, like, you know, plastic things. It's like for funsies. It's like a, 
you know, how you used to have, like, the hamburger phones or oh, whatever, yeah. you know, like, it's probably, it's probably something like that now, where mm-hmm. it's, like, you can get it, but it's, like, one of those weird, you know, play phone sort of things that works, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't remember where it was, you... okay, see, so store down the street. Um, as he walked away from the bookstore, he noticed that everything was suddenly quiet. Uh, then, a van with what looked like or a van that looked like it was from the 1950s honked and swerved around him. Somehow, he was standing in the middle of the street, and stranger than that, everyone around him was dressed in 50s-style clothing. Um, confused, he tried to go back to the bookstore, but it wasn't there. In its place was a woman's clothing shop named Crips. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he went into the clothing shop, but as soon as he did, it was a bookstore again. Uh, he was back in 1996, but couldn't figure out what happened to him until he learned that Crips hadn't existed since the 1950s. Wow, weird. Um, this next one is the man from Torrid? I'm going to go with Torrid. Um, in 1954, a man trying to get through customs in Haneda Airport in Tokyo, Japan, had a bit of trouble with the customs agents. It wasn't because he forgot to declare something on his customs form, but because he claimed to be from a country that didn't exist and he had a passport and stamps to prove it. Um, his passport was from a country named Torrid, which he claimed was in between Spain and France. Uh, when customs officials pulled out a map and asked him if he meant Andorra, he became angry. He said that, yes, the location was right, but Torrid had existed for at least a thousand years. He had never heard of Andorra. Um, he was given a hotel room for the night when the police tried to figure out what was happening, or while the police tried to figure out what was happening. Even though there were armed guards posted outside his room, the man had vanished by the next morning. His passport, which had been stored in the security office at the airport, was also gone. Officials never figured out the mystery of the man from Torrid. Ooh, that's pretty creepy. In 1954. So it would have been, he said, for a thousand, but Torrid had existed for at least a thousand years. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to, like, figure out the timeline. So from 1954, it had existed for at least a thousand years. Um, I mean, hmm, yeah, so... Far off. Um. <laughs> Far out, man. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Um, so this one is Jofer Vorin, claimed to be from Luxaria. Um, in 1850, a man named Jofer Voren was found in Frankfurt on the Oder, um, Germany, and questioned. He spoke very broken German, which made his claims even more difficult to understand. He said he was from Luxaria and spoke the languages Luxarian and Abramian. Mm. Okay. Um, he said that he was in search of his long-lost brother, but he was shipwrecked on the way to his destination. Warren didn't recognize any of the maps or globes that were presented to him. He claimed that the world, as he knew it, had five sections. Sacria, Eflar, Aslar, Auslar, and Euplar. What? Wow. <laughs> in the yearbook of facts in science and art, John Timms reports Voren was taken to Berlin to be questioned and studied. Um, there's no doubt that Voren existed. The question is, was he crazy or was he from a very distant future? I'm going to go with he was tripping. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there was something that wasn't right in his system. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> People come up with the weirdest things when they're insane. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so this one is Four Friends Travel from 1979 to 1905. Um, in 1979, uh, Jeff and Pauline Simpson and Len and Cynthia Gisby were traveling through France. When it became late, they decided to find a hotel for the night. They found a place not too far down the road they were traveling. It was an odd place. The doors to the rooms had only, or only had wooden latches and no locks. The windows only had thick shutters and no glass. In the morning, they had breakfast at the hotel and encountered two gendarmes, armed French policemen. Okay. Gendarmes? We're going to go with it. I'm probably not saying it right. Um, that were wearing old-looking uniforms complete with capes. The whole experience at the hotel seemed strange, not least, be, um, not least because their stay only cost 19 francs. Other hotels in the area cost over 200 francs. Um, still, they happily went on their way, and on their return journey, tried to stop and stay at the hotel again, except that it seemingly vanished into thin air. Um, and the uniforms those gendarmes were wearing, they were from around 1905. Hmm, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I just slept in a weird place. Um, okay, the last one, it says, a 20th century doctor finds himself in the 1800s. Um, in 1935, Dr. E.G. Moon was leaving the residence of one of his patients in Kent, England, when he realized his car was not where he had left it. Both the driveway and the road seemed a lot rougher than he remembered. Uh, Dr. Moon spotted a man walking by the house, and he realized that the man was wearing several capes and a top hat and carrying a long-barreled gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looked to Moon like he was from the 19th century, not the 20th. Um, Dr. Moon, Moon, Dr. Moon, Dr. Moon <laughs> turned to go back into the house, but as he did, he saw that the driveway was paved again and his car was once again parked in it. He turned back towards the road to look for the man, but he had vanished. Ooh. Oh, there's one more on oh, here. I okay. thought it was the last one. There's, there's two more. We're going to do one more and that's it. Um, cause this one is kind of a, you know, more our time. Um, this one is, in 2000, a mysterious man named John Titer claimed to come from the year 2036. Um, in, November 2000, or, yeah, in November 2000, the Time Travel Institute forum saw a spike in unusual activity. Oh. <laughs> um, nestled among the usual conspiracy theories and far-fetched UFO sightings were a string of posts from a man who called himself John Titer. Um, he claimed to be from the year 2036, saying the government had sent him back in time to 1975 to retrieve an IBM computer, which they needed in order to debug some computer programs. <laughs> what? Okay. Huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, he hopped off his time machine in 2000 for personal reasons, and since... <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> and since he was already there, he decided to warn everyone how crappy the future was going to get. <laughs> oh, man. He claimed that civil unrest would begin in the United States in 2004. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and that there would be a full-blown civil war by 2012. Well, we know it's 2020 today, folks, and there's not a civil war. So right. <laughs> it says by 2015, he said a quick World War III would have come and gone. Well, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> of course. None of, I mean, a quick world war? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, none of these things have happened, so you're probably wondering, why do people believe this wingnut? <laughs> it's because his posts about time travel were so detailed, the description of his, its mechanics and its machines so thorough that it seemed almost impossible that he wasn't telling the truth. Okay, folks, he a gaslighter. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get people to believe my version of reality because, haha, I'm in charge today. Yeah. I'm the captain now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm super glad that that guy was wrong. Yeah. That, 
you know? But he could have come from an alternate timeline. And maybe just by the act of showing up and telling everybody, he, you know, <laughs> changed the history. Okay, Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't know. Could be, uh, right? It could happen. Sure. So what was your Asbun moment? <laughs> okay, well, um, we just got a medical bill that came from a freaking year ago. I don't even what? remember. Yeah, I don't remember um, exactly what it was for, but it was for a procedure that I did over a year ago. Hmm. And Eric was like, I'm pretty sure we paid this. I mean, it was a freaking year ago, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So he called and they said that the insurance had gone through on it immediately. But they it just, hadn't gone through. Oh, the insurance had gone, had gone through, through okay. and covered their part. And they were just getting around to billing us. So I just feel like that's super fishy, don't you? That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Do they have, so can you, I would call, I wouldn't call whatever numbers they have on the bill. Mm-hmm. I would call your insurance company. Okay. And like call the number on your card and be like, okay, I just got this bill that they said that this had gone through, but I haven't gotten the bill for it until a year later. Something seems wrong here and okay. they'll be able to tell you whether it's real or not. And maybe they messed up and they're just now sending it out. Yeah. But that doesn't seem, I mean, insurance companies are pretty on it because they want their money you know like they're not gonna just let things go for a year yeah well it's not the insurance that it's the it was the facility it's a bill from the facility that we did it at i don't remember i wish i remember what it was but i don't yeah well if you so i would still call your insurance company and see if what they know about it okay and they're probably not going to know a ton about it if it's the bill from the facility but at least you can see like okay you know that they should have if you gave them your insurance information, they should still have a record of, like, okay, it was about this long ago, it was from this, like, mm-hmm. what portion did you guys cover? And I would just get all of their side of the information, because mm-hmm. then when you call the facility, you can be like, listen, this went through with my insurance this day, and this is how much they paid, and all that sort of stuff, and, like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Just so that, I mean, it it might not be super crucial, the information from the insurance company but it might help so okay. I would call them first and then call the facility that you went to mm-hmm. like find their number online call that number mm-hmm. and then okay yeah it was just really weird I mean Eric did, did call them to be like hey you know I thought we paid this and they were mm-hmm. just like nope you didn't so anyway it is it's really weird it doesn't make any sense to me yeah I wish I could remember what the what what it was for, but I totally am blanking right now. I mean, even if it's just for like a doctor's visit or something like that. It was that. like a two hundred dollar bill. Huh. Yeah. So not just a doctor's visit. Yeah. Hey yeah. The something about that doesn't seem right to me. Mm-hmm. I mean usually they want their money. They're not gonna wait. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. They're not gonna wait for a year. To I know. I mean, I've had, I've had, you know, six months is pretty much like the cap on, you know, a bill coming through. Mm-hmm. So, because I've had stuff come in six months later. Yeah. And that's even that's kind of pushing it. But. Yeah, but a year though. Yeah. Mm. I mean, not quite a year. It was like eleven months or something. Still though, that's a yeah, long time. It is. That doesn't. Something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what was your idiot or aspect moment? Uh, okay, so my moment from this week is another Steve puking story. Okay. <laughs> this cat. I don't know, and like quite honestly, I've never seen him puke like this before. It was weird. It was like mushy. 
Because usually when he pukes, it's hairballs, and then there's, like, food involved in it. So it's, like, you get, like, a big old hairball and then, like, some kibble bits to get in there. This one was, like, full-on just, like, mushy, like, cat food. And so it had spread out, but I didn't hear him do it. Well, no. So it had happened after I got home. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't, like, heard him do it. I hadn't seen him do it because he probably did it while I was gone. And so I go into my room and I, like, ditch my socks and all that sort of stuff, which was, like, the worst idea ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I come out and I'm walking through my living room and I step in something very squishy and very wet and very cold. (laughs) It was the worst thing ever. And I, like, lift my foot up. Because it, like, blended in with the carpet almost. It was, like, very... It was very light-colored. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. And so I'm, like, having to, like, scrub it off my foot and then, you know, massively clean my foot because, ew. Right. And then I'm having to, like, scrub this bits uh, these bits out of the carpet because I had then ground them into the carpet by oh, stepping yeah. in them. And it was just, like, this nasty, pasty, just blah. It is so disgusting. That's awful. I You know, and... He pukes a fair amount, but it's always to do with hairballs. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I think that he's puked that hasn't to done anything or hasn't had anything to do with hairballs. Right, it was just and food. Of course, it was the time that I stepped in it. You know? That's so gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so nasty. I cat puke, man. I'm telling you what, though, there is never a sound that will wake you up faster than a dog or a cat trying to puke in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did that not too long ago, too, like, in my bedroom. He, like, walked into my bedroom door. He goes, huh, huh, and then he, like, hurls this huge hairball right in my doorway, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you can't avoid it. And I'm like, no! And I'm, like, trying to wake up and, like, stop it, but I can't because I'm, like, not with it. And then this this asshole cat, he, he pukes, right? He comes over to the side of the bed, sits down, looks at me and goes, meow, <laughs> meow. And he just sits there and, like, yells at me, like, go pick it up, peasant. Because <laughs> like, that's usually, like, when I see him hurl, I go and I'm like, okay, I'm not letting that soak into the carpet. And I'll go and I'll run and grab stuff to pick it up. Yeah. And so he's like, get it. Mm-hmm. Get it. <laughs> oh, my God, Toby. Okay. I just called him Toby. Toby. <laughs> Horses cannot vomit, fun fact. I know. But. Yeah, I did know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. What? I just called you Toby. <laughs> You're not Toby, are you? You're Steve. Yeah. King He's Steve. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, call me that large, slobbery creature again. <laughs> That's, so, That's so funny. Uh, Steve, did you hear me call you Toby? He's like, I did. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. I didn't like it. He's like, I'm not talking to you anymore. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspitspodcast. That's not quite right. You can email us at idgitsandaspitspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks Thank again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Steve.